a race team saw that I had a lot of road course experience and they needed a driver for that race. A lot of small teams in NASCAR will rotate drivers throughout the season. And so they called me up and said, Hey, you know, we want to have you in, in our car at road America. And that was really the start of my NASCAR career. And actually it was me more banging at their door. I actually sent them a Facebook message because I saw, I believe it or not, I saw the, the entry list for the NASCAR race at road America. It was like a Wednesday before the race. And the race was on a Saturday and one team had both of their cars listed as to be announced. So I said, what the heck? I'm going to, you know, shoot my shot. I'm going to send them a Facebook message. I sent them a Facebook message, let them know. I said, Hey, I've raced at road America. I have thousands of laps here. It's my home track. If you need a driver last minute, please call me. And the next day they called me on Thursday. So. Josh Balicki to the Athletes Doing Good podcast. We are so excited to have you today. Thank you so much for having me. Well, you have quite an interesting journey, I think. And um, as one of a few NASCAR drivers that manages his own sponsorships and partnership deals is also super interesting. But we also just think, you know, a career at such a high level in any professional sport is such an achievement. And we would love to start with just what or who inspired you to pursue that route in your career as a high-level professional athlete? Yeah, well, I appreciate that. It's uh, it's a lot of hard work because a lot of people see what I do on the racetrack, but they don't see what I do behind the scenes to get to the racetrack. Mm-hmm. And I don't come from family money, so I have to really dig deep uh, to find the the budget to go racing because it's it's not a it's not a cheap sport. And I think anybody will tell you mm-hmm. that. So, um, what got my interest in motorsports was honestly my dad. Um, my dad's always been a big racing fan, um, and he decided decided to make a race car, build a race car, uh, the year I was born in 95. So he built a vintage race car, a Mustang, a 1965 Mustang, just for him to go out there and have fun in at tracks like Road America, Blackhawk Farms, and Beloit. And so I've been going to the racetrack since I was a, a baby, honestly. So I would sit in his race car and make race car noises, and, and I think that he saw that I loved anything with a motor. And I think it was, I was like, four years old and my, my parents had signed me up for T-ball and I would make race car noises as I ran the bases. So I think it was like a telltale sign of my parents. All right, maybe we should, we should buy him a go-kart. So uh, Christmas of 99, my parents bought me my first go-kart and that was it. I was hooked. I, um, I don't really remember ever wanting to do anything else. Um, I've been very blessed with parents that supported me and took me through you know, basically the amateur ranks and car racing, you know, I was 16, 17. And then at that time it was a, it was very obvious that my, my family money couldn't take me to the next level. So I'd have to work really hard to find sponsors and, um, just right place, right time, right people in my life, uh, helped me get to the next step in pro racing. And that was all road course racing, which I'm in NASCAR now, which is mainly circle track racing. And Mm -hmm. so I graduated Slinger high school. What's ironic is I've never raced a Slinger Speedway in my life. I have about no way. <laughs> Yes. So people think uh, I'm in NASCAR. You know, I grew up racing at short tracks, you know, the Slinger Speedways, um, Jefferson Speedway. But I've I've never really raced at any of those. I've raced at Jefferson a handful of times after my NASCAR career started. Um, but NASCAR goes to a handful of road courses a year. You know, when I say a road course, I mean a track like Road America, which has left and right turns as opposed to Milwaukee Mile, which is just a big circle. 
and a race team saw that I had a lot of road course experience and they needed a driver for that race. A lot of small teams in NASCAR will rotate drivers throughout the season. And so they called me up and said, Hey, you know, we want to have you in, in our car at road America. And that was really the start of my NASCAR career. And actually it was me more banging at their door. I actually sent them a Facebook message because I saw, I believe it or not, I saw the, the entry list for the NASCAR race at road America. It was like a Wednesday before the race. And the race was on a Saturday and one team had both of their cars listed as to be announced. So I said, what the heck? I'm going to, you know, shoot my shot. I'm going to send them a Facebook message. I sent them a Facebook message, let them know. I said, Hey, I've raced at road America. I have thousands of laps here. It's my home track. If you need a driver last minute, please call me. And the next day they called me on Thursday. So, um, that was the intro to my NASCAR start. Um, since then I've, I've raced almost 200 times in NASCAR. So I'm very blessed. Wow. I don't think a lot of people understand, you, you know, you talked about, you know, some of the, the go-karting and the older car models and, you know, the ARCA and the truck and the, you know, to get to where you are in, in Xfinity and in, in NASCAR, like, there's a lot of steps. There are a lot of steps. I mean, NASCAR doesn't just approve, you know, the guy that's racing at Slinger, even though he might have a lot of championships, they're not going to approve him right away for Daytona, so... There's a lot of hoops to jump through. I was very lucky. I raced a series in sports car racing called IMSA that's owned by NASCAR. So all my paperwork for the license transferred really quickly. Um, after I raced Road America, I got approved for one-mile tracks. Then I raced a one-mile. Then I got approved for a 1.5-mile track. Then I got approved for the Cup Series. So I made my first Cup start in 2017, the year after I made my first NASCAR Xfinity Series start. Uh, but, yeah, there's a lot of hoops to jump through. And then obviously you need to find the budget to go racing too. So I was very lucky that I had a sponsor that bought me basically four sets of tires for the race weekend, but at $2,500 a set, you know, they add up. It, it costs they a lot do. of money to go race tens of thousands of dollars for some of the small teams. And, you know, for some of the big teams, they're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars. So not only do you need to work hard, you know, in NASCAR to make sure everything's taken care of, but, but behind that, you know, you have to make sure you can get to the racetrack and, and afford it too. I think, yeah. oh, sorry, Danica, I'm just going to jump in really quick. Yeah. I think, too, okay. the athletic side of driving is that, yeah. and the mental side of driving. I don't, I truly don't think that people appreciate the amount of work that you have to do off the track in order to be ready. 100%. And that's something that where when I was racing road courses, you know, I, I'll be the first to admit, I thought NASCAR looked easy. I thought it looked a little boring and I jumped into the deep end. My first NASCAR race, uh, my first circle track ever really was in the NASCAR Xfinity series at Phoenix. It was the second last race of the season. And so you have your championship going, you know, you have your playoffs going and here's me. I've never really raced an oval before. never raced a car this heavy, this much power. And I'm just thrown into it with a small team. And I mean, the, the race was three hours. So you need to have endurance, you know, yeah. you don't need pure mm -hmm. strength and muscle to drive these cars, but you need endurance much like running or riding a bike. And at the same time, you are racing for three hours, you know, you'll have your cautions and, and now we have stage breaks, which help break the race up, but you will have, uh, you know, stretches where you're racing for an hour straight and, and one mental slip up can cost you mm -hmm. a position or two or three or four positions. Um, but vice versa too, you know, the guy that you're racing could have a mental slip up and you could gain a position. So, yeah, I mean, the more you do it, the easier it gets, you know, there's really nothing that prepares you for racing in NASCAR, like racing in NASCAR. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, a lot of people look at NASCAR and say, all, all they do is turn left and that's not the case. <laughs> we're always on the edge. We're always on the edge of, of what the car can, can, you know, grip, uh, what the tires can grip. <laughs> and one small mistake or one small slip up or, or, you know, just pushing a little bit too hard, you know, driving too hard into the corner, you know, is the difference to bringing the car home clean or bringing the car home on a wrecker. Yeah, I was really going to ask like the same thing because I think it's so interesting. Like people just see it. You can look at like a basketball player and be like, well, he's going to go, you know, shoot hoops and do the things he needs to do to practice and get better at his sport. And then you see someone who drives race cars and you're like, well, he's just going to practice driving. Right. But there's so much more than that. Do you have like mental practices that you work on to prepare for those races or physical things that you do to prepare for those races? Yeah. So one thing that's really unique is NASCAR actually limits our testing and there are really no opportunities for us to drive the cars that we race on Saturdays and Sundays prior to the race weekends. Um, I think there's only two or three NASCAR official tests. So um, if I want to drive a race car during the week, it needs to be something non-NASCAR related. And I'm a firm believer that driving anything, any kind of race car helps. I mean, it's it's all the same at the end of the day. There are four wheels and an engine. But my preparation is is a lot of endurance training, um, especially my road bike or my, my Peloton um, in my basement, just making sure I have endurance. Uh, but also, it sounds silly, but my go-kart. I have a go-kart that I still go out to Badger Car Club in Delsman, Wisconsin. I try to go every single week and just try to run as many laps as I can. You know, if it's 30 minutes or 40 minutes, the, the go-kart is, it's much like NASCAR to where people probably think it's not as physical or endurance as, mm. as, like, uh, as what people think. But my shifter cart will go almost 100 miles per hour. I mean, it'll go over 100 miles per hour depending on the track. And it'll go zero to 60 in under two seconds. So they're very fast, very physically demanding. Uh, 30 minutes in my shifter cart will probably strain me just as much as, as two hours in my race car. So um, wow. I try to go out there every week and just run as many laps, you know, if it's an hour straight or two hours straight. Um, actually, the field can't go two hours because they're so small, but um, just, just run as many laps as I can. You know, that's really the closest thing I can get to being in the race car. So, um, yeah, that's between awesome. that and just really, you know, making sure – I, I train by riding my bike or, or running, um, making sure that I, uh, I have the endurance. What type of driver are you on the actual roads? Um, <laughs> I get my close. No, I, I get my fair share of, of road rage. No, I'll, I'll be the first to admit I'm not the guy doing 120 miles per hour on the highway. I I get more scared driving on the street than I do in my race car because. My race car is safe. My race car has a roll cage that if I hit a wall, the roll cage is not going to crush. If mm-hmm. I get in an accident with my street car and go in the ditch, my, you know, the car can crush. And so, you know, I'm your 10 miles per hour over the speed limit guy. If you're in the left lane and you're going exactly the speed limit, I'm, I may tailgate you a little bit and I may call you a couple, couple cuss words. You know, I, I definitely get my fair share of road rage. But I'm not the guy that's going to drive by you and give you the finger or you know, cut you off. Um, I think I'm a pretty good driver on the street. Um, you know, I've had a couple of speeding tickets, you know, many years ago uh, when I first got my license. I may or may not have lost my license, um, but I've, I've calmed down. I've calmed down oh, since cool. then. Learned your lesson. Learned your lesson. I did. I did. That is awesome. Well, well we obviously- want to talk to you a little bit 
We want to talk to you a little bit about what you do off the track because, um, and, and actually you bring it onto the track with, with the charitable work that you do from everything from, you know, having it a part of your car and being able to do things in the community. We'd love to learn a little bit more about, um, you know, that part of your life and why you feel it's so important. Yeah. So since my time in NASCAR in 2016, I've been very fortunate to give back to the community and, and, you know, I have so many people that give to me and support my career. I think it's the very least I can do to give back to individuals who need it. And I've worked with many nonprofits and many charities in my in my time. And, and four that really come to mind are, are one is a company that you work with, which is Lemons of Love. Jill has been really great to me, but she's really great at what she does and, and giving back. And, and if you guys don't know, Lemons of Love basically creates chemo care packages for people going through chemo. And I've been very blessed. I've never had to to use her package, uh, but from my understanding, you lose a lot of senses. So she uh, creates these packages that have a lot of lemon flavors in them, um, and she uh, she donates them to hospitals and people that are going through through can- cancer and chemo. So uh, another one that I've worked with is Make a Wish. I've worked with the local Make a Wish organization, um, basically just donating race suits and, and donating my time to try to raise money. Um, Special Olympics and Susan G. Komen as well. Uh, I've had a sponsor, uh, a Rockford company that has donated space on a race car um, to showcase these both both these companies and just try to raise money and try to raise awareness for them. So it's a, it's a big part of, of what I do. I really try to focus on Lemons of Love. I mean, Jill's been really great to me and she's local and, um, you know, I've had sponsors that have supported her too. So it's uh, it's really cool. And it was really cool to hear your involvement with her too. She's wonderful. Yeah, they are yeah. Wonderful. so wonderful. And we always see too, very commonly when these athletes are doing things in the community, giving back so often they find such a reward in return, not just what they're doing with youth or volunteer work, but it's so impactful to them too. Have there been any moments that really stand out to you when you're you know, either working with Lemons of Love or a Make-A-Wish experience or something like that? Yeah, I, th- I think having some of their guests at the racetrack, you know, whether whether they have, have gone through the process of chemo or, or not, um, you know, maybe they had, had fought and, and, and won the battle. And, you know, just an extra little prize they get is coming to the racetrack and seeing the joy, but also hearing their story. Um, at the end of the day, you know, I'm very blessed. I've never been able, I've never had to, you know, experience that. Um, and it just makes me feel lucky. Uh, but it makes me feel really good that I can give them that experience at the racetrack and show them something that, you know, you can't just go out and buy. And, and, you know, Jill and Lemons of Love provides that for them. What is, you know, what are some projects that you're working on or some things that you have coming up, um, in the race world or, or off the track? Uh, well, right now I'm in Tulsa, Oklahoma for a race. Uh, my, my season starts really early. I don't have much of an off season. Honestly, my season ends. Uh, I had a race in December, in early December, and one month we're, we're back at it. We're in Oklahoma for the whole week. So, um, And then Daytona is right around the corner, essentially a month and 10 days away. So uh, I'm very busy right now. You know, we joke around, but our off season is probably busier than than during the season, um, especially behind the scenes, just make sure everything's lined up. So I'm always working on projects, um, but right now I'm just in, in full preparation mode before the season. 
How many races for those that aren't as familiar with, with NASCAR, how many races do you typically do in a season? So my time in NASCAR is a little bit unique. Um, it's all sponsor driven. And unfortunately this year, I just didn't have all the pieces of the puzzle lined up. So I'll, I'll run about 20 to 25 NASCAR races this year. And I'll also end up running probably 20 to 30 races elsewhere. Um, so non NASCAR sanctioned events. And that, a lot of those are going to be local, um, local dirt track races, um, some local sports car races. So last year we ran almost 40 races this year. My goal is to run 45 to 50 and I've had those seasons before and, and I wouldn't change them. I, I want to race something every single weekend that I can every single week day that I can, if I can go out to the go-kart track, um, I'm a racer and, and that's what I love. Logistically, you know, you're, you're traveling all across the country for these races. Um, so what is it? I mean, a typical week, I guess, is there one? No, especially for me. So most NASCAR drivers live in that Charlotte area where most of our teams are. And the team that I drive for in the NASCAR Xfinity Series, they're actually based out of Florida and I'm based in Wisconsin yet. I didn't move. Um, and the reason I didn't move is because a lot of my sponsors, a lot of my partners are local Midwest partners. And it's, it's just beneficial for me to be here. So if I need to go meet with them or promote them, it's just easier for me to do. And with my race team in Florida, it doesn't make sense for me to move to Charlotte. So my, my situation is pretty unique. A lot of drivers that are in Charlotte, you know, their teams will charter a plane. You know, they go to the plane. They don't need to have check-in. And it's really easy for them to get to the racetrack. My, my situation is a little bit unique. So usually on Thursday or Friday, I fly out of O'Hare because um, Milwaukee is usually a layover at O'Hare anyways. And you're going to get an extra hour, two hours there. So I might as well just drive. Um, so Thursday or Friday is my travel day. Um, you know, we have Friday. Sometimes we have practice on Fridays. Um, if I'm racing in the Cup Series, our practice will be Saturday, Sunday. If I'm racing in the Xfinity Series, practice is Friday. Then we race on Saturday. And then I come home. If I can catch a late flight Saturday or Sunday night, I will. If not, I'm home Sunday or Monday. And then basically just regrouping, you know, closing the weekend, and then just focusing on the following weekend. And, and meanwhile, I'm trying to find uh, find more sponsors and more partners. So trying to find time for that but i'm also trying to be a race car driver and prep for the race weekend which you know we don't just show up to track and 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 you know go to practice you know our, our race prep begins weeks prior to the actual race weekend you know right now i'm prepping for daytona and it's 40 days away um you know daytona is one of our easier tracks so it might not take as much prep but uh, when we go to a track like circuit of the americas in texas that has 20 plus corners you know that, that prep work is is you know hours and hours of studying youtube footage and um footage of my old races um so there's a lot behind the scenes that my entire week is full yeah go ahead Dan, i lost danica uh, there for a second oh, i we have one final one we'll have one final one that we ask all of our athletes it's a really good okay. one um what does athletes doing good mean to you Athletes that, that give back, you know, I think that we're all very fortunate to do what we, what we love for a living. Um, but I think true happiness is giving back and, and finding ways to give back to the community, to people that give to us, you know, whether it's nonprofits or charities, um, just, you know, dedicating time, you know, we're so blessed. Like I said, we have so many people that give to us. So how can we give back to the community and make the, uh, make the world a better place? That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on. We certainly appreciate it. You're welcome.